It's not just the NFL that's closing in. It's also college football, which is how many days away, Ryan? Ten. Hold on, though. Hold on for the you official gotta, countdown. You, you used to be ready for this. You know you've slacked recently. And well, I'm Mike, upset hold with you on. on Cubs are in action. We're relevant. <laughs> We're three and a half games back in the Central. we got a runner in scoring position on second. Uh, Messi, by the way, up 3-0. Just I, Messi, though, not the rest of Inter-Miami? Well, Messi, actually, he's only got one goal. Uh, yeah, wait, hold on. Only one goal. Okay, I got excited. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, there G- you go. T- Get out of here. Let's go, Ian Happ, baby. 2-1 Cubbies. F the Southsiders. This is a personal rivalry, Trista. I hate the South Side of Chicago, even though I was born there. Uh, 10 days, 16 hours, 38 minutes, 16 seconds until week zero of the college football season. 2-1 Cubbies. Woo! Woo! Need to build that bankroll. Woo! Gotta build that bankroll, T. Woo! You know? Gotta build Gotta that build bankroll. It. Gotta build that bankroll. I can't baby. wait until baby. week zero, you guys. Notre Dame, Navy, kick it off the season in Ireland. I love Notre Dame football so much. We got a real quarterback this year, Sam Hartman. No, I will actually be here live on the air, 9 to 10 a.m., BetQL Network, giving out all my best bets for week zero. We'll throw love out it. some week Oh, really? Ones, What's it called? Well. well, you know what? We're going to announce that officially tomorrow, so I don't want to get myself in any trouble and have my show taken That's away. That's just called a tease. It's called the Ryan Horvath College Football Show. <laughs> I love it. Look at, look at the really lie on catchy. that face. The lie written That's across actually that what face. I wanted it to be name. called, but I uh, I lost that battle. But uh, Notre Dame, week zero. Against Navy, Ryan I've already bet Navy. <laughs> What'd you say? He was probably like, "Oh, whatever, you, whatever you guys want to call it, I'm fine with." <laughs> yeah, no, I said the Ryan Horvath College Football Show. It's a, it is a bit wordy, I would say that that might not be the best choice. But then again, I've never been somebody any show I've ever had of like I let somebody else pick the name. It I'm should like, be called names aren't my thing. It should be shows. called the Sam Hartman Laser Show is what it should be called. But I it did could... bet Navy uh, twenty and a half point dogs against Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's going to run up the score against a service academy team. Also, I don't know how good they're going to be this season. Well, they got Sam Hartman now. I Come know. on, Pat Forty just did his list with SI.com, yeah. the most intriguing quarterbacks into college football this year. Sam Hartman number four on that list. I mean, it's certainly an upgrade for you guys there. This, there's look, we, we saw what he was able to do last year after coming back from that blood clot. Oh yeah. I mean, this the que- like the expectations now on Notre Dame are that much higher just because you added Sam Hartman. It's another example of the transfer portal and teams just the trajectory going skyward the minute you land a quarterback in the transfer portal. Sam Hartman's the best quarterback that Notre Dame's had since Brady Quinn was in his second year. Uh and then Brady Quinn wouldn't lay off the 21s, and his biceps were too big, and his shoulders were too huge. He couldn't throw a football any longer. I'm excited for Sam Hartman. And what I'm really excited about, like, I'm excited for Sam Hartman because I love that Wake Forest offense, but he never had time in the pocket. It's all, like, based off the RPO. This is going to be the best offensive line he's played behind. I just, I don't love the wide receiver room, and I'm a little bit worried about the play calling because Tommy Reese bolted last minute to go to Alabama, so... Um, I think eight and a half as far as their win total seems about right. I looked at this list. Makes sense. Caleb Williams, Drake May, we all know those guys are going to be great. I'm most excited about Quinn Ewers just because I'm so high on Texas this season. They have so much talent, even though they lose Bijan. It's their final season in the Big 12. And you have Arch Manning there now breathing down his neck. Last season, he had some really good moments. We all remember the game against Alabama where if he doesn't get injured in the first half, they probably beat Bama. He was also really good against Oklahoma. He threw four touchdowns in that game. Uh, But then he went four straight games where he didn't complete 60% of his passes. Didn't look like an NFL quarterback. Against Oklahoma State, 19 of 49. One of the worst games I've ever seen played. And then 17 for 39 against TCU. But I think he has a bounce back year. He shaved that mullet. 
Uh, Xavier Worthy's back. He scored nine touchdowns last season. Jordan Winnington's there. They have a really good tight end. Sanders is back. He caught 54 balls. All five offensive linemen are back. You got Sark calling the plays. Ten starters back on offense. Last year, they averaged 430 yards per game. I really want to see if Quinn Ewers lives up to the hype that we had for him a couple years ago when he went to Ohio State. 11-1 to to win the Heisman this year. Yeah, I grabbed a little bit of that. (laughs) I did. And I think the thing that's encouraging uh, about having stock in Quinn Ewers is just how much hype was around Arch Manning. Yeah. It felt like this time last year, Arch Manning was going to walk into Texas and just have the job already. It was his. Well, there was all this hoopla and all this pomp and circumstance, and oh, wait till Arch Manning gets to Texas. We'll see what happens then. And Quinn Ewers still has the starting job to this day. So that tells you that him winning that job means he's probably better now than he was 12 months ago. And what I like, like, obviously, you don't want too much pressure. I mean, there's going to be pressure. He's the starting quarterback at Texas, and they have a win total of 9.5, and and they're the favorites to win the Big 12. But, I mean, if he struggles, if he has four straight games where he can't complete 60% of his passes, we're going to see Arch Manning, or we'll see Malik. You know, I don't even know if Arch Manning's going to end up being the backup. We don't know yet. He's only a true freshman. He is making $8 million or whatever it is, though, so... uh, I am excited to see what Quinn does this year. I also want to see Drew Aller, because if he's not a Jag, I think Penn yeah. State could be in the playoff this season, maybe go undefeated, as crazy as that sounds. I like their running backs just as much as I like Michigan's running backs. Everybody talks about Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, but like last year, Penn State went from averaging 108 rushing yards per game all the way to 181 per game. Uh, their stud left tackle turned down the NFL. They bring back Nick Singleton, and they bring back Katron Allen. I think I like both of those guys just as much as I like Michigan's backs. And I think Drew Aller, again, like if he's not just a regular guy, if he's what they're building him up to be, a little bit better, a little bit more of an upgrade over Shin, uh, Sean Clifford. Because with Clifford, like, you know what he was. He was a veteran quarterback. He could win you football games. But Drew Aller, like the ceiling's obviously much higher. You know, they're talking about this kid like he could yeah. be uh, a Heisman contender. The only reason I'm not playing anything with those uh, odds are the backfield. I think they're going to run the ball a lot this season. Penn State. You yeah. know, with all the type too, if you're looking at the Big Ten, I mean, J.J. McCarthy and Michigan, they, they, Michigan could end up being the second best team in the country behind Georgia. Like, it's impossible for me to look at anybody and say they're better than Georgia right now. But if J.J. McCarthy continues this rise that he has, I mean, the expectations that are certainly there right now, you talked about, and I've seen this now, two people are starting to throw J.J. McCarthy in the mix just behind, at least behind Caleb Williams and maybe closing in on Drake May as the second best quarterback that could be in this draft. It's funny when you hear like J.J. McCarthy being mentioned as a pro prospect because a couple years ago I was watching him in high school just get like torched by Mount Carmel and then he transferred actually uh, out of that high school. I here's what I want to see with J.J. McCarthy right like the first eight weeks of the season nine weeks of the season last year and again this year you look at that cupcake schedule they're going to beat the hell out of everybody until they see Ohio State right So how much are they going to open up that offense for J.J. McCarthy? Because, like, last year when he had to win that game against TCU, he struggled because all season long they were beating everybody by 40 points. You know, they have that strong running game. They have such a good defense. They weren't really, like, they were never really challenged. So I want to see if they take the handcuffs off a little bit this year and let them push the ball down the field because they're talking about him like he could be one of the top uh, picks in the draft coming up here. Me and PJ watched, and this is what I was going to say, is me and PJ watched J.J. McCarthy up close, uh, Michigan, Michigan State. And it just, there's some throws that he just can't make, guys. And 
Like, he's way off. Outside the numbers type throws, he was struggling. Maybe it's not this way this year. But he was 15 for 25, 167 yards in a beatdown against Michigan State. Obviously, Blake Corum was insane. He had 33 carries in that game. He had almost 200 yards in that game. But if you're talking about running game, the running game of Michigan and the running game of Penn State, like I don't know if I could buy any J.J. McCarthy because it doesn't feel like, one, they're going to give him the keys to the castle to throw because they have a, a running game, and that's what Harbaugh likes to do. But also, I, I personally just don't see it with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, this is going to be a big year for J.J. McCarthy. I mean, he was only a true freshman, so we'll see. Um, I mean, listen – Harbaugh loves him. I mean, he's like the, the things the that best he says, quarterback he's ever coached. Yeah, like he's trying to sit there. and He yeah. says, "I've searched my memory or something for like the the, the a first year player that's played as well as him." But you're right. Like you have to see that jump, Trista, from year one to year two, from being quarterback that can't make certain throws to taking it to that next step. And look, that's the whole point of a quarterback getting better, right? Is being able to work on some yeah. of those weaknesses that yeah. you have. And if totally. he is able to do it, like you see those flashes, you see that potential. If he's able to do it. Michigan could be in the national title game, and you're looking at J.J. McCarthy right now is 18-1 to 1 to win the Heisman. Now, listen, I'm not saying I would bet him over some of the other names that are ahead of him right now, but if you're at least looking for somebody that you could see those odds shorten, you find some value now, J.J. McCarthy might be a quarterback to at least look at because it's going to be really hard for Caleb Williams to repeat as a Heisman winner. Yeah. We know we haven't seen that since the, you know, since the early 70s. We know the, whole, like, we know the whole story behind that. But when you look at now where Caleb Williams is, he's got to be better than where he was next last year, which opens up opportunities for a lot of other quarterbacks, because we know it's a quarterback award, to then jump in and be able to get into that conversation. Yeah, it's funny because we're talking about J.J. McCarthy, and I'm also pretty high on Cade McNamara, who was his mm -hmm. backup last year at Michigan, um, yeah. started actually 16 games at Michigan and completed over 60% of his passes, 64% of his passes there. Um, nobody's done that at Iowa since 2015. So now he takes over there. I played Iowa over seven and a half wins, which was really juiced. They opened up at eight and a half. You could still find a seven and a half minus one seventy five offshore. Last season, that was one of the worst offenses. As we continue to talk about, they averaged seventeen points per game, their lowest amount since I was in high school in the year two thousand. All they have to do this season, as we've talked about, for Brian Friends to keep his job, average twenty five points per game. You have Cade McNamara. Um, the only thing that scares me a little bit, he's coming off knee surgery a couple of years ago. They say he's still not 100%, but they have nine starters back on offense and Caleb Johnson back in the backfield. I think that Iowa might be a surprise 9-10 win team. I like them. I like Wisconsin in the West, and I think Cade McNamara could have a really good year, a guy that nobody's talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, another, like it's another transfer portal situation, right? You got DJ, obviously, he's moving from Clemson. Kate, yeah. Kate Klubnick. Let me try that again. Kate Klubnick. That should be an easy name to say. It's not funny, Scott. Stop it. I'll get it right. I'll, I'll, we'll fi figure it out. But you know what you think, too? Tuesday. Klubnick. Well, Klubnick's only still 19. Tanner Mordechai. Right. Like that's, there's just always those names where you try, you try, and it's just you say it too fast, and then boom, you screw it up. But like Klubnick's only 19 years old. Yeah. And you mentioned this yesterday. I thought it was interesting. Like, it was a good point. That there's so much now in terms of the hype and the spotlight around Florida State taking that next jump and Jordan Travis at quarterback and, you know, the potential for that team. It's a lot of people are forgetting Clemson. We forget Clemson because we don't see a Trevor Lawrence there. We don't see a Deshaun Watson there anymore. We're used to great quarterback play and consistent, bare minimum quarterback play from Clemson to where it's... He, 
you kind of, until you see what Klubnik can be this year, given the fact that he's still really young and inexperienced at the college level, if you can get that consistent right there, yeah. like that's going to be another quarterback name that you're going to be looking at at the end of the season in the Heisman race. You know what's funny? I'm really high on DJ and Oregon State. I know, Trista, you are as well. I think they're a double-digit win yeah. team. I think they could win the Pac-12, and I think DJ just needed to change his scenery. Mm-hmm. I think DJ's dad, to be honest, like off the field was the issue at Clemson, and I think now... Like, this is the best thing for him. And then I think this is the best thing for Cade Klubnik because now he becomes your starter. Like you said, he's only 19 years old. I don't love the wide receiver room. That's my only Mm -hmm. uh, concern with Clemson offensively because we like Will Shipley. We like the offensive line. But what I really like about Clemson and why I'm looking past the wide receiver room is because you bring in Garrett Riley as the play caller, brother of Lincoln Riley, and I think he's one of the best in all of college football. So I think they're going to get really creative offensively. Something that they really haven't done at Clemson the last couple of years as the damn Cubs give up a lead. <laughs> what what do you think about uh about Wisconsin and how their offense can be? Obviously me, you, PJ all love Tanner Mordecai yeah. uh from SMU. He is a gunslinger. Uh what has he thrown in his career for almost eight thousand yards. So he can he can chuck the ball around. Uh, I love Luke Fickle. I know you guys do too. Um and Wisconsin offensively has been terrible in the last, I don't even know how long, but they've been in the bottom of the Big Ten offensively for a while now. Yeah. Outside of like Jonathan Taylor when Jonathan Taylor was there. So what do you guys think about Wisconsin? Definitely an upgrade over Graham Mertz, who did win the starting job at Florida, which I find hilarious. Yeah. But Mordecai, yeah, like, like you said, he completed over 60% of his passes through 30 touchdowns last season. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but... They're going to run more of like an air raid offense, but also it's going to be like perfectly balanced. They're still going to run the ball because they have Braylon Allen. I'm really high on Wisconsin this year. Over eight and a half wins. Uh, take a shot with them to win the West. I think it's a two-team race between them and Iowa, but I really want to see what he looks like. The only thing that scares me a little bit was the spring game. He did throw four picks. The thing with Wisconsin is we're used to them being a running team, right? They finished in the bottom half of the Big Ten in passing yards for seven straight seasons. They just don't throw the ball well, and we've seen that time and time again. But Mordecai's got 76 career touchdown passes. He's at least a veteran at this position, and maybe that's enough to just kind of stabilize it for them a little bit. Because it's been been a roller coaster at that position for years for Wisconsin. Yeah, and I mean, like, Graham Mertz was supposed to be that guy. He was a four-star. He had one really good start against How Illinois. How many quarterbacks are supposed to be that guy for them, though, when you think about it? Yeah, I mean, he was he was their biggest, like, hit, Blake though. Martinez. And then just the way that he looked against Illinois, he threw four touchdown passes. Then he caught COVID, hurt his shoulder, and was never good ever again. So I definitely think Mordecai's an upgrade, uh, and I'm really high on Wisconsin. I can't wait to see that offense this season. Like you said, it's been the same offense since I was in the third grade. <laughs> and I was going to games to watch Ron Dane. Like, hey, you know. They produced a lot of good running backs in the NFL, though. Yeah, but no quarterbacks. It's no like quarterbacks. Brooks Bollinger, um, oh, God, Scott Tolzien. You know, th- that's what you're looking at when I'm you're talking. I'm trying to think Ooh. of other, yeah, Wisconsin they had, quarterbacks. Um, they had my main man. Um, you know what? They've actually had a couple guys that have played in the league, It's though. been a long time, though. They've had, uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson spent a year there after NC State. Brooks Bollinger, Jim Sorge, Scott Tolzien. I'm trying to think of who else. Scott Tolzien. There was just somebody. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Can't remember. It's always when you try to remember that you can't remember, right? Yeah. That's always the problem. But that's that shows you right there. If you can't name any quarterbacks that have come out of Wisconsin anytime soon, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest problems. Yeah, not in the NFL. There. A lot of running backs, just not enough. Uh, it's Bet MGM the night.